You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an episode on Survivor, but we're here for US Survivor. That is right, we are back to covering the show where we all began all those years ago, nearly a decade ago to be precise, and we are here for a cast assessment and season preview episode of Survivor Island of the Idols. It sounds like... You should be saying it in a pirate accent. Season 39 and um, very interesting season ahead of us. We have got uh, plenty to talk about and joining us to talk about it, you'll hear in just a few moments, is everybody's favourite male contestant in the history of Survivor. Let's be honest, Billy Garcia. Hashtag bring back Billy, everyone. And uh, he'll give a viewpoint on what he thinks of this twist, this Island of the Idol twist. Should it have been Robin Sandra coming back? What are the deal with these giant statue things that are overlooking everyone and just uh everything else about this cast because it's a very unique cast this one it's probably our most diverse cast we've had in quite some time and i would say one of the hardest to read casts we've had in quite some time it's um it's very interesting to analyze these players and give a viewpoint on each of them and think who's going to go where and do what so without further ado here is our survivor island of the idols season preview and cast assessment episode with survivor cook islands contestant billy garcia hashtag bring back billy it is a pleasure to be able to come back to you today for a cast preview and season preview episode of a US season of Survivor. It's been quite some time since I've been able to be involved in one of these and very exciting to also to sit down with a legend of Survivor, uh, one of the greatest people that have ever come from this show. You know him simply as Billy. His name is Billy Garcia, of course. He is from Survivor Cook Islands. Hashtag bring back Billy. He's with us now. Billy, welcome back to the Oz Network. Oh, thank you for having me back. It feels like uh, it's a homecoming. I feel like I should be on a float right now <laughs> celebrating a homecoming parade. <laughs> you, you've always deserved a float, Billy. Let's be honest. Come on. Why haven't you had one yet? What's going on? Uh, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. You can get a big giant Billy Garcia balloon. I'd, I'd be there for that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to do with the next Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. We're going to have a giant Billy on a balloon, <laughs> T-shirt and all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that'll that'll really be a treat for... For just me. Yes, there's a giant <laughs> hashtag, bring back Billy on the side. People will be finally seeing it. But, um, of course, we are here for the preview of Survivor, Island of the Idols, Season 39. Uh, the, the titles of these seasons are getting more and more far-fetched every, every season, but uh, we, we're not here to analyse that. Um, and it's exciting, once again, for another season. Great to be able to cover it again here on the Oz Network. I, I know, Billy, you obviously uh, helped cover Ghost Island for us a couple of seasons ago. Very much uh, appreciated with that one. I think that might have been the last time we actually did a cast assessment episode when you sort of went over that one. So it's it's been quite some time. So, I mean, I guess initial question straight, straight away, what, what's your initial vibe, your initial take on uh, these 20 castaways about to head out there and battle for a million dollars? Well, certainly it's one of the most diverse casts in a long time, perhaps since uh, my season and and the season after mine, Fiji. Um, it is surprisingly diverse in a good way. Very much so. It's it's That's, I think, the general v- gist of what everybody's sort of coming out when they see this cast, because completely agree with you. Um, you know, I think a lot of the last several seasons, maybe sort of in the 30s, really, kind of, it's it's a very... 
they're very vanilla looking, and not just because they're white. Most of them, it's 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 kind of more of a case of just you you look at a cast and you all of a sudden go, oh, yeah, cool. They all look pretty stock standard, all the same. But this one here, I think, kind of yeah, it's it's very diverse, very unique. We've got some characters, I think, on this show. Just even without reading their bios or sort of um, you know listening to the couple of interviews that they've released, so. I think that that could add something unique. But you and I were just sort of talking a little bit off air about this, that it's kind of a unique take that CBS has gone with this one because generally they release the cast a good four weeks out from the premiere. There's interviews with every single player and kind of everything along those lines. But here we are now, only two weeks from premiere date. We've only got about four video interviews. Jeff Probst does sort of do a video, I think, with each of the the castaways on one of the Entertainment Weekly or People channels. But then obviously this focus on the Robin on Sandra thing. I mean, do you think there's a reason why? Maybe we're kind of just gelling over this a little bit now and we don't get the similar promotion that we usually get for a season of Survivor? You know, as you were as you were talking, I was actually getting a new idea in my head that I hadn't thought of before, and that's that is it, it is it possible that this is just a new social media strategy where leading into the premiere every day they'll release a new video of a new cast member. Um, if you look at the release four, that means they have sixteen more to release. You know, it's it's I, I don't know it's. Maybe it's a stretch on my part. Maybe it's just wishful thinking that there's a strategy behind this. But that's <laughs> if clever. It is, yeah, yeah. If it is, it's clever. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, actually, because I guess that kind of would make sense, and it's it's a way of kind of helping you count the days. Because you know, when you're counting the days to something, and you you know you can see something new every day in the lead up, you know, it does kind of make it go by a little bit faster. But um, I guess they've been at this now for 19 years, nearly 20 years, and sort of. They've got to come up with some new strategies and everything. They know their long-term fan base. And, and it, let's be honest, it's not like the majority of Survivor fans out there didn't know who these people were. It, it had been long sort of leaked who these people were quite some time ago. They show a lot of these people in the end-of-season promo before the next season as well. So different marketing strategies, that's, that's a clever way of looking at it. Just... The Island of the Idols twist itself, I mean, this is kind of the key twist. This is this is where we are now at uh, every season, of course, is, is a twist more so than location. It's been that way for quite some time. But uh, we have an Island of the Idols where we have two former champions of the game in the esteemed Boston Rob and Sandra coming to a point where they can help out players, essentially. So a player will get sent to the Island of the Idols and there they will um, get taught skills. They will get taught things by both Rob and Sandra. And it's also done in a way where it kind of seems like almost like Ghost Island, where it's sort of you've got to accept a challenge to kind of risk it. You know, will you risk something in order to get an advantage in the game? And by doing this, it sounds like you've got to challenge Rob and Sandra. So it's, it's unique, let's be honest. Um, you know, Rob and Sandra are back. We're going to be seeing a lot of them in the next six months or so of Survivor. Um, what's what's your more like twelve months, I should say, shouldn't we? Uh, what what's your take on this idea? Well, from Rob and Sandra's standpoint, looking at it from a player standpoint, uh, I don't blame them for taking the money. I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have just yeah. What do you want me to do? For how much? I'm there. <laughs> um, Survivor checks don't bounce. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> <laughs> 
but just you got to pay your tax on them. That's the big catch there. Well, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's a whole other conversation. But yes, um, but from Survivor standpoint, the biggest sponsorship dollars come from the known proven commodity, and so I understand that since they were going to have them there in Fiji anyways, that this is a sneaky way of still having an all new cast while getting the higher end of the sponsorship dollar because they have the known proven commodity with Boston Rob and Sandra on the season. So in that sense, I'm like, oh, those those clever, clever survivor brass there. They they found a way to get the bigger paycheck. You know, bravo. Uh, as for the execution of it, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But for the first time, I think in, it, it, since I've been – doing podcasts, I'm going to criticize the art department and say those those two statues are horrendous looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually singing the praises of the art department, and I probably will again as the season progresses, but those two statues look horrendous. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of waiting, um, you know, to, to eventually one day be able to ask Sandra or Rob the question of just like, come on, like level with us. When, when you first walk out on that beach and you see this giant statue of you facing there, like, you, you, you know, Rob and, and Sandra enough to know that there's going to be some uh, interesting viewpoints on seeing that for the first time. Well, you know, I, I personally see this as a missed opportunity for merchandising <laughs> because even even if you make like a paperweight of the statue, like a baseball size paperweight, I don't see anybody buying those or, or, or maybe Robin Sander will buy like a couple boxes of them and give them out to the family. But other than that, I think what they should have done was uh, just like at the end of uh, a good challenge, you get the big banner that drops. They should have had the big banner with some sort of art depicting every season that, that the player was on, one for each player. And then you could make like T-shirts out of the mm. banners and, 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 and all sorts of different merchandise. But I don't think the big, ugly statues merchandisable. I, I, I don't, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe, maybe they'll be a hot seller. Maybe they'll be like the new bobblehead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm seeing they could have done it sort of almost like a, an Avengers-style promo campaign where they sort of had like a poster for every single one of the Avengers in the lead-up to Endgame, you know, do that. I mean, that, they could do that for Season 40, couldn't they? Kind of like, you know, here's a iconic poster of, uh, you know, Danny Boatwright, here's Yule, you know, things like that. So you're giving them ideas, yeah. Billy. I like this. So this is why you need your damn balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you the balloon will go over more than the statue. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know they, they they try their best, but yeah, no, it's a, and I have to say, um, of all the sort of the video, well, the one video that they do released. That, that really cheesy one when uh, Rob and Sandra walk towards the camera and Rob's like, welcome to Island of the Idols. Like, I, th- I thought Rob was a bit of a better actor than that. Oh, I, I love the way they fold their arms and looked all tough. Yeah. Like, they're going to they're gonna kick my ass watching this trailer. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah. It's, um, it's a unique take. Just, I mean, on that twist, though, do you think that they were the two that made the most sense? If you're going to do a twist like this, get Rob and Sandra. I mean, most people might, on some levels, agree that that is your greatest male and female player. Maybe just in terms of the most iconic in terms of their success on this show, at least. Well, you know, I tried to think to myself, all right, if Dana went with, with, with like Rupert and, <laughs> and, and I don't know, uh, Elizabeth Hasselback, they would have had to flown them in and, and, 
and put them up and, and maybe even, uh, you know, the, the money would be different um, as far as how much they would get. Since they're already going to be there, since they're already going to get their payday from season 40, it's just I think it's easier negotiation as well, not just uh, uh, as far as uh, picking up the tab for them being there and all. I think also since they're getting a payday anyways, all right, we'll give you an extra however much if you do this season as, uh, as well. So I think it just... You know, monetarily, I think it just makes more sense as far as, you know, who who would have brought in the most sponsorship dollars. Nah, I, I I would have to see the the, uh, the 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 stats on that as far as like who who brings in more ratings when their face is on the screen. I would have I, I, I loved Saint Elizabeth. Assumed. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So if we did have got Elizabeth, who do you, who do you sit next to, or who do you have next to Elizabeth? Oh, Roger Bingham. Why not bring that the iconic pairing back? <laughs> see, see, I would have thought Richard Hatch. Yeah. You would yeah. have had the original Survivor, and they're probably the most uh, successful outside the game. True. You know, you put the two together. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, since neither one of them was going to be on season 40, it made sense for them to pick two out of the the people who would be on season 40. I think it's funny, Jeff Prope saying in one of the videos here, saying that, you know, like Rob's always said he would never play again. So the only way we could get him out here is to say this again. And it's kind of like, well, that point's kind of, you know, moot now that you've said that, that he's coming back to play again for the next season. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm still wanting to know, like poor Amber, you know, babysitting all the kids basically while he's out there. But then all of a sudden then Amber's playing out next season. Um, this is where we're trying to establish that there should be a, a reality show of who's babysitting Rob and Amber's kids. Like it could be Billy Garcia babysits all the baby roses <laughs> coming soon to CBS. I mean, I'd watch it. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, me with kids. I don't know. <laughs> that would definitely be a, you know what though, but I am a godfather and that I have uh, two godsons, but, uh, my cousin's sons, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're like me. They like to, they like pro wrestling. They like a UFC. I just have to give them something to beat up on, and they're good. Yeah, I, I don't know about about the Mariano kids. Uh, what they like, I, I, I don't know enough. But yeah, it, I, you know what? But if it's a reality show and the paycheck doesn't bounce, I'm in. <laughs> Billy and the Marianos coming soon to CBS. Um, now, an interesting stat actually before we get through the cast here is that this now sets a record this season for most used country of the American Survivor franchise with Fiji. So this is the eighth season filmed in Fiji, and it's also the first time a country has ever been used seven consecutive times. So, I think we're we're well and truly locked into Fiji as the permanent home of Survivor. That was a, a very interesting stat. I also liked in the previews both Rob and Sandra wearing respective buffs from their own seasons. So Rob, I think, is wearing a Redemption Island one and Sandra wearing a Pearl Island tribe. Um, and I think, do they both also have heroes, villains as well, maybe? I'm not sure. But I, I, I kind of like that, like a nice little throwback there uh, rather than just giving them, here, you have an Island of the Idols buff. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and uh, considering how young some of these players must have been when Sandra won hers, I think it helps the... <laughs> It helps them a little bit. Um, as for Fiji, um, there's so many shows being filmed in Fiji from what was that uh, Love Island or whatever. I don't watch these these shows, but I, I'm starting to think of Fiji as the Polynesian Hollywood. Mm. Like uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, pretty much where we're going here with Fiji. And uh, Survivor was probably the show that that uh, took them to that to that level. Um, 
I hope that at some point that they decide to go somewhere else, though. Great. Because, uh, yeah, I don't want, like, Survivor 53. I, I enough, we can't think of what next to call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're getting at. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the this whole 10-year period now, because, you know, we're, we're, back, we're season 40. You, you really can define these into four, you know, decades, essentially. Uh, four in terms of decades of the season numbers, I mean. So, you know, and I think kind of that's that's been the trend, hasn't it, of the 30s in terms of those season numbers. Because... Cambodia aside, I mean, even Cambodia is technically called Cambodia Second Chances. A lot of people just refer to it as Second Chances. Uh, and I know, like, Koh Rong is technically a place name, but it's kind of, we, we don't really have, this would be the, the least amount of place names in a, in a series stretch of 10 seasons that we had. You know, we had in the, the 20s, uh, you know, Philippines and, um, uh, what else did we have in that? Nicaragua, you know, places like that. Uh, whereas here, it's, you know, countries-wise, at least, it's only Cambodia. But I agree. I think it would be nice to go back to that. And, like, the one thing that actually really surprised me with this season is, I know we talked about this, I think, earlier in the year before this was announced, is that I, for one, was adamant that this was going to be Canada versus USA, considering they opened it up to Canadian uh, people. And we've obviously got a Canadian on this season. So I personally hope that that is something that they will consider because I think there's so many elements of a Canada versus USA season that would be great. That's a great twist then and there, and it brings in so much to a, a season. It's a it's a twist built in itself. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Island of the Idols. Every time we get a new season, Billy, I feel I laugh even more. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I agree Was you know, I kind of thought that was going to happen too when I heard about the uh, the it being opened up to Canadians, and I also thought that at some point we'd have an all Canadian season mm. to make up to make up for lost time. Uh, but uh, it still might happen. Yeah, it still might happen. We probably we might just have to clear this whole this whole winners thing that happens in season forty, and then maybe afterwards we'll get like several seasons in a row where we'll see a a big uh, a big inflow of Canadians and different themes that surround. Uh, Canadian players. Yeah, no, I'll definitely look forward to that when it happens. So let's go through our 20 contestants. Uh, we'll go based on our tribal lines. So our orange tribe, uh, Laro, I'm probably butchering that, Laro, Laro, we'll say Laro. And we'll start off with uh, Aaron, Aaron Meredith. Uh, he's 36 years old. He's from uh, Uncasville in Connecticut. Uh, and he currently lives in Rhode Island. He's a gym owner. He loves lifting, traveling, and outdoor activities. His pet peeves include ignorance, driving, slow in the left lane, and lazy people. And three words that describe him are attractive, intelligent, and strong. And the Survivor contestant that he's most like, and once again, we go straight into the cliches here, he's most like Ozzy, because he's a physical monster when it comes to challenges, a major contributor around camp, a smart player, and this last one I like the best. I'll try not to say it without laughing. A social threat. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Ozzy, if you're listening. What, okay. what, what do we think of Aaron? Well, first of all, how could it be, you know, a monster in challenges when he's never played a challenge? How could it be a major contributor around camp when he's yet to be marooned? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of kills. The, those first two questions kind of kill the smart player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yep. Yep. <laughs> and then if he's going to be like Ozzy and he's a social threat. <laughs> I just don't think those words work in the same sentence. Ozzy, social threat. Like, this just I feel weird saying that sentence. 
So, uh, yeah, that's kind of kills my vibe for Aaron already. Like, <laughs> I'm already, like, like preparing myself to facepalm quite a bit when I watch Aaron play. <laughs> um, he is one of, uh, uh, it looks like a few players that we have coming from Rhode Island this season, or, or at least he currently lives there. Um, so it's interesting that they did a lot of casting from Rhode Island, considering it's not a very big state. Mm. I think I think my neighborhood's bigger than Rhode Island. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> have you been to Rhode Island? Is there much to see there? Uh, I think I passed through. I think I I think I took like seven steps. And went right <laughs> well, you've been there. That, that counts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty small. It's pretty small. Um, Richard Hatch is from Rhode Island, so that's their their biggest claim to fame right now. And we'll see if someone else could win from that very small state. It'd be it'd be entertaining to see somebody from such a small state win because they would probably get the whole state show up to some sort of celebration. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm not putting my chips on this on this number right here. Uh, Aaron, in that little description of when he described himself and how he would play, and then. The point that he's picking to play like Ozzy that didn't work out when I when, when I did a uh, Ghost Island we had a player that claimed he was gonna be like uh, Ozzy that didn't work out for him either so uh, <laughs> yeah I don't yeah if you, this is a little something a little advice for future players when they ask you what survivor you're gonna be like don't say Ozzy well it's it's it's, <laughs> it's just a clear this is the thing that I always roll my eyes because ninety five percent of the time it's I'm like Ozzy I'm like poverty I'm like Rob you know I'm like Malcolm like that's that's generally what it what it comes out I want I literally want somebody to be like I'm like Billy Garcia like I will fall in love out there on the island I don't care who they are and uh, you know I will get bullied out of the game and then I'll become a fan favorite that everybody loves afterwards so that that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if if you're gonna say you're gonna be, well, first of all, when I got asked that question, I, I my answer was I'm not gonna be the next anybody. I'm gonna be the first Billy, and uh, you achieved that. That, that sealed the deal. <laughs> yeah, I achieved that. Yeah, and that sealed the deal for me to get to get on Survivor. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that needs to become a cliche now. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> People saying they're gonna they're gonna be their first themselves. I like. Um... The there's a new question here. What's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? And uh, Aaron says, I once had a kettle corn business. I drove up the East Coast popping popcorn at fairs. So <laughs> that's that's unique. I also like Jeff, Jeff Probst's analysis of him is, you know, don't judge a book by his cover because, you know, he's the biggest guy out there. And uh, I, I love how he says here, and what you have in his body, it's not like Joe Anglum, who's a single guy. Does just Jeff know that Joe and Sierra are like, uh, you know, gonna get married soon? <laughs> Jeff, I don't know if you know too much about your former contestants, but um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, it's it's hard not to judge a book by its cover, Jeff Probst, because like he really does look like this sort of, you know, roided up, muscular sort of guy and I'm not saying that's who he is it's just if I look at that that's what I see and even sort of in the video kind of you know he's flexing his muscles and yeah okay I get that the producers have probably told him to do that but it's a bit hard to to, to not think about that when you look like that and you're describing yourself as attractive intelligent and strong yeah yeah well the one redeeming thing that I hope we get a lot of at least in the early going from him is that uh, he was asked what was uh, what accomplishment is he most proud of, and he said his son. 
Mm. Uh, he is unbelievably smart, kind, and funny. And yeah, usually when you get survivors talk about family, like the floodgates open and they start bawling and crying. And, and to have a guy of this size open up and be vulnerable, I think that would instantly make him likable. So here's the rooting that he he has that moment early on and it becomes likable. Yeah, I rather I rather I rather have a player that's likable than have a you know than than the root against the player because they're all douchebaggy. Because I think those kinds of players are a dime a dozen in, in at this era of Survivor. Completely agree, and I think um, yeah, I would agree with everything you said there. That um, you know, I can see that's clearly what Jeff Probst is meaning when you don't judge a book by a cover because we've just kind of said that by looking at him. But yeah, like. He's not someone that if you just saw that photo of him and you didn't read any bio, I mean, he doesn't really look like a dad. I mean, what does a dad look like? But you would just, you know, you would assume that kind of he is that gym sort of bro dude, you know, that sort of way. But yeah, I like that. It it does humanize him a little bit more. So I... I agree with that. I might, rather than sort of going through every single person and getting you a finishing place and things like that, I might just sort of ask a generic question at the end, who do you think is going to win? Because one thing I'll say with scrolling through a lot of these players is, to me, at least, I don't know if there's a clear-cut winner. This is a tricky season, I think, to, when you look at some of these players. So um, we'll be intrigued to see how that goes. Uh, we'll move on now to Chelsea Walker. Uh, she is 26. She is from Malton in New Jersey. She currently lives in Los Angeles. She's a digital content creator. She loves working out, going to the beach, soccer, rooting for Philly sports teams. So she's from Jersey, lives in LA, but is a Philly fan. Okay, I'd like to find out where that comes from. Uh, And she loves watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. So that's a good one. Uh, Her uh, her pet peeves include the chunky dad sneakers trend that suddenly made a comeback and makes it look like you have bricks strapped to your feet. Bulky, unflattering, and yet everyone is wearing them. Why suddenly, after all agreed to put those to bed, have these dad sneakers come back? I like that. Um, three words that she said <laughs> describes her as driven, competitive, and scrappy. And she says that she is most like poverty. Uh, and Kelly Wentworth, which is becoming a more and more common answer. Uh, so that's kind of there. She says that she's aware of two very different games played by these girls. Um, and she sees herself in both of them. Now, this is one of the videos uh, where basically Propes is saying that, you know, if out of all the players on this season, she's the one who I guess has, um, you know, been close enough. She's applied numerous times. She's obviously been on the list so many times, but it always gets cut at the last minute. So Propes has basically said, like, you know, this is it. Finally, she deserves to play a game. And I find that unique. And I, I like that line that Propes says, saying that she's a risk of maybe overplaying it. Uh, which I think you probably would get that vibe, wouldn't you? After getting close so many times, you're finally here. So I, I like Chelsea. I, I like the look of her uh, on more levels than one, but I'm not going to get into that. But I, I, I like <laughs> I like her personality. I like kind of what she's saying here. And I, I feel like she's somebody who could go quite far in this game. Yeah, I, um, I think I read that it was... Uh... She 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 was uh this is like her fifth time applying fifth or sixth I, I forget what the number was but uh, yeah that she finally hit um so yeah that tells me that she's been right for Survivor for a long time and just didn't fit the seasons that uh, she had applied for so if she's right for Survivor that means she's a personality she's got uh, an idea of how the game works um. And that she would be very involved. Involvement, maybe that's what they mean by that she might overplay early, is that maybe she would be too involved. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather see a player I'd rather see a player go out early, 
because they they overplayed than a player who who basically just didn't make any connections and said nothing, did nothing, and went out early. That sucks. Mm, <laughs> good point. So yeah, so even if she goes, even if she goes early, I, I think I see myself rooting for her anyways. But that doesn't mean that she'll go early though. Yeah, she she she's young and good looking. Young and good looking does get you far on Survivor if you use it. Well, I think I think like. I agree with that. And I also think that the reason why I think maybe she'll go far is that if she can just sort of calm herself down and get herself in a good headspace, you know, I, I feel that a player like Chelsea can easily last long in this game. I think a lot of that does come down to the fact that, you know, young and good looking, but like the, it's the way that people sort of revolve around those type of players. Like I, I don't feel she looks as though she's a player who's going to attract a lot of attention early, which will kind of get her at least to the midway point of the game. And then when you're at the midway point of the game and, you know, if she's not being too overbearing with challenges or things like that. Like, I, I just... She looks like a good social player. She looks like somebody who will get along with people. She's got a great personality by the scenes of things. So, yeah, I just, you know, pre-season vibes on paper are easy to talk about. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, she's probably going to go out and be the next bloody uh, Russell Hans or something like that and get voted out first. So, <laughs> uh. <laughs> But uh, she did mention she one of the people she would play like is Poverty, mm. and thus why I mentioned the young and good-looking. Because on my season, that was Poverty's game. She was young and good-looking, and she used it. She she made it to the uh, to the final five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it's my season, and I'm not even sure. But <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on Cook Islands, Billy. You won't like what I have to say. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. I do like you though. With the uh, the what's one thing we wouldn't see from a photo of you? She says, "I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good." <laughs> I like that. So um, yeah, she's, she's got a sense of humor. So yeah, once again, I I I, I do see her as someone who uh, may you know maybe this whole. She might overplay thing. Maybe that's just um, Jeff Probst trying not to uh, to tip the hand that he thinks that she's gonna go mm. like deep, really, really deep. Like she's a contender to win it all. What What's the um, the vibe here on the on the Philly sports teams? Because I mean, you know, as she's from Jersey. <laughs> is that just because you know the Nets no longer exist? You've only got the Devils, and who really wants to go for the Devils? So is, is it just a case of she's got no one to root for, or somebody from New Jersey? <laughs> I like I like I like that hypothesis. Yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> you're a New, um, you're a New Yorker, Billy. There's no love lost in New Jersey. Come on. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But uh, you know, maybe she's just a rebel. Yeah, maybe that's her personality. <laughs> she's a rebel. Who knows? She likes to root for the team of that. That's the rival. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Dean Kowalski uh, is 28. He's also from New Jersey, Westfield, New Jersey. We're getting all these Rhode Islanders and New Jersey players all of a sudden. Nah, he lives in New York City. Could be a neighbor of yours, Billy. He's in tech sales. He loves basketball, crafts, and DJing. Three things you don't often put all together there. Um, his pet peeves are people honking in dead stop traffic, people from the back pushing up a couple of rows upon airplane landing, and roommates leaving dirty dishes in the sink for a prolonged period of time. I can relate to all of those. Um, he... Wait, 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 wait. I have to cut you off here for a second. What was that first pet peeve? People And honking. what city does he live yeah. in? Yep. He's in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> yes. It's a Jersey attitude again. Yeah. <laughs> um, he describes himself as jovial, observant, and likable. Um, and he's most, well, he's a different one. He's most like Wendell for his quiet leadership. There we go. 
I like these That's unique nice ones. Different. You've put me up there on your on your on the Dean train here, Dean. I like that. Um, he looks great for twenty nine. He definitely looks a lot younger than twenty nine. So, um, yeah. Uh, what, what what's our take on uh, Mister Kowalski? Well, I like that his uh, his hobbies besides basketball, which means he's he's more than just muscular. He's athletic. I like that his crafts and DJing. <laughs> if your if your hobby is DJing, then that means you're you, you're used to being the life of the party. I like that. And then the crafts that means he's he should be good with like when when it comes time to building things, the 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 uh, the shelter and so forth. He should be an active participant. And the active participants, with the exception of my tribe on my season, tend to do well <laughs> when it comes to. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to do well because it, it just leaves a big impression that, uh, you know, they, they built the shelter. This is for everybody. It, it leaves an impression. So I'm, I'm liking him. I'm liking him. A, and not just because he's a New Yorker, though that helps. That yeah. might be a little biased. Yeah. He, he <laughs> doesn't go that. to Philly sports teams or something like that. I mean, he likes basketball. Surely he's got to be a Knicks man. Um, yeah, I, I like Jeff Probst's analysis too, saying um, Jeff Probst is. My first impression of him wasn't favorable. <laughs> Thought he was so <laughs> cocky and swaggered like a player. But uh, then Probst just said, like, after he left, he couldn't stop thinking about him. And um, he, he oh. understood why he has some swagger. Um, so he said... I'm, I'm making a prediction. I'm making a prediction. Bromance. Jeff Probst is going to call him by his last name. Yep, Kowalski. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Kowalski, you got to pick it up. Yeah, no, I see it. Like, uh, it's one of those unique names that I don't think we've ever had. So, uh, there you go. But um, uh, Jeff Jeff just said that he couldn't stop thinking of him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a bit of uh, yeah. island love going on out there. Okay, Jeff, we like it. Uh, I, I also like the compliment, accomplishment he's most proud of is achieving the highest success rate of all Miami Algebra 1 teachers for students passing the end of year exam. Okay. That's a proud achievement there and he's also recently grown to appreciate astronomy physics and our place in the universe so he's very deep like he's kind of again uh, not like you know you look at him you might judge him a little bit jeff probe saying like you know this guy's cocky didn't like him but you know dig beneath the surface this guy's crafting he's thinking about his place in the universe like this guy's pretty deep yeah he likes algebra yeah. Well, he's... <laughs> yeah that's the weird one no i'm just kidding he likes algebra come on dean <laughs> but hey, but you know the the with this whole thing that uh, he's from New Jersey, lives in New York, but this whole thing of the Miami algebra tells me that he, when it, at least East Coast wise, he's a little well traveled. Yeah, so uh, he's deep, he's well traveled, um, he's the life of the party. I, I like him. I like him. Uh, you know, I guess I, I, I he's going to be somebody to, for for me to look out for as far as the. You know the overall, like being being a well-rounded player. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that one. I think he's definitely one of these ones. It's, uh, and I think a lot of these people, like you know, you sort of uh, just with anyone, you form an opinion by looking at a photo, but you read a little bit more about them, and there's definitely some uh, interesting things there. Uh, Elaine Stott, she's 41. She is from Woodbine in Kentucky. She currently lives in Rockholds. Kentucky. She's a factory worker. She loves four wheeling, four wheeling fishing, and taking my boat to the lake. Uh, she doesn't like guys who think women aren't their equals, girls who think they need to use their body to get ahead, and people think that their shit oh. don't stink. Uh, She's on the wrong show. She is. <laughs> um, she describes herself as independent, stubborn, and kind. 
And Survivor contestant, she's most like, of all the cliches, I always appreciate someone who thinks they're a bit like Rupert. Rough and raw on the outside and a big marshmallow on the inside. He seemed to be a very kind person just like me. Um, I, I have a lot of comparisons here, I think, to um, Lauren Rimmer from a couple of seasons ago. Um, so yes, yes. I think that's where a lot of people are saying here. Um, but yeah, Elaine, she, she could be a bit of an interesting one, I feel. Yeah, I, she's going to need to get out the gate early, in my opinion, because uh, just as we were saying, hey, don't judge a book by a cover, their cover, on Survivor, that's the first thing you do. <laughs> judge everybody by their cover. That's the first thing they do. So, um, and, and it sounds, you know, she says she likes to, you know, her, her one of her hobbies is fishing. So, yeah, that's a, that's a skill that'll help her, but that has to come into play, and it doesn't really come into play on the first couple of days. Mm. So, uh so, yeah, she needs to get out the gate early. She needs to find herself in a majority right away. And then once she does, then we'll get to see which, you know, somebody somebody like her is going to be a tough matchup for the women because um, most of the women are going to be like these really skinny beach bunnies. And so she'll run them over. But, again, this is something that we'll see later on when there's a lot of head-to-head matchups. Early on when it's, you know, uh, everybody grab a raft and paddle out to the middle of the, the lagoon and, and, and grab a torch and then paddle back and do that sort of thing. We really won't see her uh, do what she could do for the tribe. So she's go- she's going to be in desperate need of an alliance in those first couple of eliminations. Yeah, 100% agree. I think kind of, you know, Lauren made it quite far in uh, Heroes, Healers, Hustles, didn't she? But I think kind of, you know, she was one of these ones where you can see that. But, yeah, there's a, there's definitely a fine line of getting that deep. I mean, you know, uh, Denise from China is another one who sort of, you know, you look at and straight away you think of that. But there's other examples, you know, like Patricia from um, Marquesas and people like that, sort of similar vibing players. So, yeah, interesting to see. She's the oldest uh, woman on the Lero tribe as well. So, um, you know, whether or not that so, comes yeah, that's into play. A- yeah, that's going to be a strike against her. But again, if she, number one, if she's on a winning side, and then you know a winning streak takes care of all of this. Yeah. Uh, uh, number two, if she's in the majority, then even if she's not in a winning streak, you know someone's vote is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. People no. say, oh, we need to keep the tribe strong, and that's a you know that's a bunch of horse crap. You need to keep your alliance strong. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely agree. Um. Let's go to Elizabeth. Uh, is it Basil? Basil? Um, she is t- 26. Rhode Island again. Uh, Saunderstown, Rhode Island. Sounds like a happening place. An Olympic medalist. Um, she enjoys surfing violin and wakeboarding. Her pet peeves is that she hates when people have conversations while scrolling on their phones. Be present and in a moment without your phone. She describes herself as gregarious, competitive, and loyal. And she sees herself most like Kara. Uh, her exuberant yeah. personality and positive attitude reminds me of myself. Again, I like it when we get... I mean, obviously, fresh off the mind, I, I feel like that's probably also come down to the fact that she's got to be a recruit, given of her background, and maybe they've just gone, <laughs> here, watch a couple of the last seasons of Survivor. So straight away, Kara is your first choice. So I understand that, but I also like a little bit different. But um, yeah, I believe the last time I was on one of these... Uh, Re, uh, preview episodes back in Heroes, Healers, Hustles. We also had an Olympic swimmer, didn't we? So uh, 
the difference is we did. is that Elizabeth has won medals. Uh, she won a silver and a bronze oh. in 2012. She's also a world championship gold medalist. Uh, and I believe she might have even been a team captain at one point for Team USA. So um, interesting there. And she's I... also closer to her prime. Mm. The last Olympic medal or Olympian that we had was far from her prime. Yeah. She was first yeah, boot too, here. wasn't she? She was in Heroes. Yes, yeah, she was. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know what to to take on Elizabeth because it's these sort of people, athletes, could have come into this with a with a high reputation, high expectations, and I'm sure that there's going to be one person who recognises her. I mean, God, we saw that with um, Gary back in Guatemala, wasn't it? You know, hey, Danny knows oh, yeah, who he is. Yeah. Like, there's always there's always one who knows who they are. But even then, like, I'm sure it's going to get brought up or something along those lines. So there's that pressure on you to perform straight away. I I just, you don't see the athletes do that well generally, do you? It's kind of, it is, I feel it always just borders down to they can do the physical but not necessarily the strategy. So I personally don't have a whole lot of hope for Elizabeth. I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to see her go far because I like the look of her elsewhere in terms of like what she's saying here on her um, her bio. And I, I'm I'm a fan of Olympians, so um, I would like to see her do well. But uh, yeah, what what's your your take on Elizabeth? Well, I think I think um, sports athletes as well as the military are have a disadvantage in that they are trained to rely on teammates, and then in Survivor, uh, you can't trust anybody, <laughs> so it's counterintuitive for them when they go out to play Survivor. Very counterintuitive. They have to go against all their instincts. Um, Having said that, uh, I think I think Elizabeth's fate. Uh, this this kind of sucks for me because I like their fate to be in their own hands. But I think Elizabeth's fate really does have to do with what kind of challenges are we going to see early on. Mm-hmm. If we see challenges where she gets to do what she does, where she won all those medals and the world championships and whatnot, then she's going to be viewed as invaluable. Yeah. If we have challenges where it's puzzle mania, which we've had on on several seasons where it was puzzle mania, then <laughs> then uh yeah, none of her skills are really going to come to bear. She's going to look very expendable. So her fate is really in the challenge makers, in my opinion. Completely agree, and I think that yeah, that's just I just. I just struggle to see her get past any of that perception, and that yeah, hundred percent agree. It all comes down to challenges with her. So, um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I, I think kind of like they're one of these, um, I guess, type of players that you you feel on paper should do well, but they never do well. It's kind of like a poker player, and we've got a poker player in this season too. Like you, you feel poker <laughs> players should do well, but they never do. So um, yes, yes. yeah, but they they have cool names like Jean Robert. Yes, <laughs> Jean <laughs> Robert. Um, <laughs> Or as we call him in Australia, Gene Robert. So, no! um, yeah. <laughs> Speaking any of that fancy French language. Uh, so, yeah, Elizabeth, we'll see how she goes. Uh, next one is uh, Karishma Patel. She's 37. She's from Philadelphia. Home uh, That's her hometown. Her current residence is Houston. She's a personal injury lawyer. She enjoys experimental cooking. Not just cooking, experimental cooking. Hosting oh. theme parties. I want to come to a theme party where she's experimental cooking and reading travel blogs. She does not like party poopers, girls who play dumb for attention, when the tire hits the curb while parallel parking, mansplaining, passive-aggressive behavior, and PDA. She doesn't Uh like a lot of things. 
does uh, Karishma. Um, and she believes herself to be most like Natalie Anderson because she wasn't afraid to speak her mind but also made a lot of really subtle moves that kept her on top brown girl power. That's what Karishma Woo-hoo. says. I didn't say that, just to clarify for people at home. Um, I like Karishma. She seems fun. She seems uh, like she's got some good personality about her. And I feel like she's somebody who could definitely create some uh, some drama out there, which uh, could be interesting. And a personal injury lawyer, too. I know Jeff Propes mentioned that in his assessment of her, thinking that that could play into her favor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Karishma fan. I think she's really brainy for starters. Uh, to take the bar exam in three different states, um, brainy, and and it's also you know gutsy. Most people play it safe. They take the bar exam in one, and and, and they're just satisfied that they just passed it because it's that difficult. She took some risk, so I, I see her as a risk taker. Um, you know how it is in Survivor, though. Risk taking is hit and miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you if it works out, you're a genius. When it doesn't, you're a blithering idiot. So. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be so, the former. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. But I do like that she. Uh, just listening to to what she said about speaking her mind, it means she's going to be very outspoken. Mm-hmm. She's she's not going to bite her tongue out there, and so that makes for great TV. Not the best strategic play, not the best social game, but awesome TV. So I'm rooting for her just to stick around so that. She can entertain us all because she she's coming off like somebody's going to be very entertaining. Completely agree, and I also I love this answer to the uh, the photo question. Uh, what's one thing we would never see in a photo of you? I am terrified of alligators. Just saying that word gave me chills. So that um, <laughs> luckily we're not doing like uh, Survivor Florida or Survivor Louisiana or something like that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I once went to a Brazilian restaurant where they actually served alligator. Ah, um, yeah, no, Didn't, not <laughs> so, not a fan. Not a not a fan of alligator. Not not a fan. Not a fan. So if I was on Survivor, that would be one animal where I wouldn't question what it tastes like. <laughs> I've, I've had I've had crocodile, not quite alligator. Um, so yeah. Uh, better better uh, we eat them than they eat us, right? So that's um, yeah. The alligator tastes salty. How about the crocodile? Ah, the cliche, Billy. It tasted like chicken. It legitimately did. Like, what can I say? So, um, yeah. See, my theory is that's what really happened to the dinosaurs. They all tasted like chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they are. I love it. Um, Let's have a look now at Missy Bird. Uh, She's 24. She's from uh, Decatur. She's from Georgia. Uh, She currently lives in Tacoma in Washington. She's an Air Force veteran. She loves hiking, traveling, immersing myself in culture uh, that she's visiting. And she also likes winning. There you go. Um, Mm. She describes herself as relentless, clever, and decently dope. There you go. Um, That's... (laughs) If, if, I, if I was ever become single again and go back on Tinder, I'm going to put Ben decently dope. That's my new uh, words to <laughs> describe myself. And uh, she's survivor contestant. She's most like she's like Kim Kim Spradlin. I, I was thinking, I was hoping she was going to say like Kim Powers or Kim Johnson from Africa there, but no, Kim Spradlin. Uh, my girl is a legend. She hit the sand and aligned quickly. She played both sides effortlessly. I would play like this, kill him with a smile. I always appreciate somebody dropping a Kim Spradlin reference. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I, there's not a whole lot to go on, Missy, here. Her bio is very short. 
So, yes. um, and her pet peeves are annoying human beings. So she's going to have some fun out there. I, d- I just don't know what to really get a vibe on her because of just, there's not a lot to go on here. So yeah, what, what's your take on Missy? Well, first of all, it's Decatur, Georgia. Oh, um. thank you. Thank you very much, Decatur. Of course it is. Uh, um, she likes immersing herself in culture that she's visiting. So that tells me that she tries things out. She tries out different foods. She tries. Uh, she talks to the people that she that you know she would never come across. Different walks of life. Uh, that you know that tells me that she's going to have a social game. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's my, my biggest takeaway was that line. Um, the Air Force thing I think works against her for what we said earlier about how sports uh, sports athletes and and military they tend to rely on teams a lot. And uh, that's counterintuitive to how survivors played. Um, so I, I, I'm concerned about that. But um, yeah, I like the fact that she comes off like somebody who's gonna who's gonna be very social. And hiking is actually one of the best survivor skills you could have because you, if if you hike, you means you spend a lot of time on your feet, which means you don't need to sit as much. And the people that sit too much come off as lazy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I think she's somebody that's going to look like a busybody, even if she's not really. Well, uh, again, I like I, I love this question. This is a great new addition to this list here. I mean, it, it might have been on for previous seasons, but I, I haven't really sort of read these bios in a few seasons, so I don't know if this is a new addition or it's only been the last few seasons. But the, the photo question, um, so one thing we wouldn't know about looking at the photo, I'd rather enjoy a hot cup of tea and a good book. And I would say with this photo, she's very serious and stern looking in this photo. Like she's, you know, she's ready for action. So I definitely would not look at a photo of Missy and go, yeah, she likes a good cup of tea and likes to pick up a novel and unwind in front of the fire or something like that. So her her picture, actually, if you put like a big gold belt around her waist, looks very much like a pro wrestling yes. picture. Like if you were to go to like a WWE bio, yes. she would be standing there with Arms on her waist. Give me that. Give me that mean mug. Great, great, great uh, yeah. pick up there. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I also, I also love the the reason she thinks she will survive is because Beyonce wrote a song about surviving. So I have to honor Queen B. So okay, that's <laughs> oh man, valid point. Well, she has a sense of humor now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, she has a sense of humor. No, no one's it's ever, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> that oh well, you know, come on a minute, like Destiny's Child, Survivor. I have to, you know, I have to finally honor that. I expect her, yeah. if, if Missy wins, I want her on that stage uh, to start breaking out to, I'm a survivor, I'm not going to give up. <laughs> I, I want to I hear You know what? It. If she sings that and I'm at the finale, I'll pull out a roll of ones and just start spraying <laughs> her with the, with yes. the singles. <laughs> just... Do it. Love it. Oh, that would be great. Um, Ronnie Bada. Uh, Bada? Uh, Bada. Sorry, Ronnie, if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Billy will know how to say it. Um, 35. He's from <laughs> Brockton, Massachusetts. Uh, he's living in Henderson, Nevada. He's the pro poker player. He loves kickboxing, beatboxing, and hiking. Um, his pet peeves include when people try to enter my elevator just as I'm trying to exit. Also, watching someone misplay a hidden immunity idol makes me nuts. Oh, please, for the love of God, make him misplay an immunity idol. That would just be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, three words to describe himself. A resilient, analytical, and savvy. 
And he's both, and his survivor players he's most like include Jeremy Collins, because he's charismatic, loyal, compassionate, and can read players so well. Strategically, my approach would be like a hybrid of Devin Pinto, bluffing the dumb role sneakily well, and Boston Rob, impeccable timing of making big moves and sniffing out when people are up to something. So oh, there's got to be a few Boston Robs and Sandras on here so they can be a bit starstruck, right? Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Again, not, not too sure. That uh, what to really think of Ronnie here. I don't think there's too much that stands out for him here, but uh, also not enough to really kind of think less of him either. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of Ronnie? I wonder if he does his kickboxing and beatboxing at the same time. Boom, <laughs> 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 boom, like punching people, kicking people. Yep. I'd watch that. That'd be entertaining. Um. Um, you know, uh, all right, he's from Massachusetts, so, uh, I guess as a New Yorker, I'm supposed to root against him. (laughs) (laughs) So no Philly, no Massachusetts uh, people. Okay, we got it. Yep. Yeah, but just looking at him, he didn't really give us a whole lot, uh, uh, to, to see, like, um, what's he gonna be like, uh, Jeremy, because he's charismatic, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what are you really saying? That you're that you're gonna try to charm people into giving you a million dollars? Maybe that is what he's saying. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then I don't know the Boston Rob thing. Like, I, I agree with you. It's so he could be he could be starstruck. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, so that, I guess that's what we could see about him is that the hope that he gets sent to uh, the idol the island of the idols so he could be starstruck seeing Boston Rob. And that'll be like his whole, his whole, uh, what you call it, his whole journey, what we expect from him. Uh, the poker player, we haven't seen a poker player yet be like uh, super, super successful. Um, we've seen, they, they get they get about midway. So I, I, that's what I'm assuming, that he's he's going to make it midway. And he's going to be a jury member that we're, when he's done playing, uh, we'll be remembering other people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. I just he, like of all the poker players, though. Like, I mean, co- poker players tend to have that that level of belief about themselves because of what they do. Because I'm a poker player, I'm so good at wheeling and dealing and bluffing and all this sort of stuff. Like, I don't get much of that from his bio. I mean, the only thing he really mentions about it is that he holds the world record for most consecutive caches in the World Series of Poker main event. So, you know, I remember like Garrett and, you know, Gene Roberts, Jean Robert and who who is the um uh the the female Anna, Yeah. Anna I forget how to pronounce her last name, but yeah, Anna Kai Kai Yeah, yeah, like from Ko Rong, right? I yeah. Told- yeah, I butchered her name. Sorry, Anna. Mm. So, but like I feel like they talked up a bit more. So that's that's interesting, but um mm, not too sure. Jean Robert and Anna were very confident. I'm not getting that vibe here from Ronnie as, as far as confident in their poker playing translating to, to survivor skill. I'm not getting that vibe from Ronnie, but I, I did get it from Anna. I agree. And, and, and Jean Robert, especially Jean Robert. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not getting much off of, off of, uh, Ronnie. So I'm, I'm worried that he's going to come off as, you know, as somebody that gets lost in the background. Yeah. No, the, the pur- purple Ronnie, we can call him basically. Purple at some Ronnie. Point. <laughs> some point. <laughs> Uh, now, all right, here we go. This this is the man I'm most excited about, Tom Laidlaw. Now, he's a 60-year-old from Brampton, Ontario, Canada, currently living in Greenwich in Connecticut, former NHL player. Now, the two reasons I'm most pumped for this guy, first Canadian, 
first NHL player. So we tick off all the four major leagues now. We've had everyone from every single one of the leagues. So I'm glad that we finally did this. And and kind of obvious that the first Canadian we were going to get had to be an NHL player, surely. Um, his hobbies include watching Survivor, anything fitness, and hanging with the people I love. He hates people driving slow in the fast lane. Uh, he described himself as disciplined, dedicated, and stubborn. And um, got to say here, as much as I like Tom, I, I don't know if he's a big survivor watcher because he had to describe Ben as his favorite player, the Marine. Um, he did whatever he had to. That's all he says. <laughs> you might just be a man of what? little words, but uh, who knows? But uh, Tom, a Canadian, Billy, we've got a Canadian on. We do, we do, and if and he's currently living in Greenwich, Connecticut, which means he's got a crap ton of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just a, just just the parking space will cost you like ten grand in, in Greenwich, Connecticut. Wow, um, <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, he's got the. Um, yeah, and, and he's got the money, but you would expect that with an NHL player. Um, Jeez, his hobby is watching Survivor. <laughs> Do you think he just added that one in there? Do you think he's gone like, um, yeah, watching Survivor? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like like he didn't know what to say. Yeah, and so he's auditioning for Survivor. So uh, yeah, Survivor. Yep. And who's your favorite player? Um, Jeff Probst. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Um, what was that season you made uh, me watch? Uh, uh, ben, the Marine guy. Yeah, he did whatever he had to do. Yep, that guy. Yep, him. Love him. <laughs> yeah. You know, though, I hope he makes it to where we get we get those physical challenges because you know he's had experience with like cross checking. Oh and, God, yes. and getting physical. Yeah, so I want to see that play out in the challenge where he gets physical. If we get to see that, I'm satisfied. He was there enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, as the older guy, I'm a little worried. Mm. Yeah, look, if, as much as I love this guy and I want him to do well, I I don't have high hopes for him. I feel like he won't last long. Um, yeah, I just I just don't have a good vibe for him. But um, he, he is the oldest player on the entire season. Um, so it's kind of, you know, there's that. I, I do wonder if the whole Canadian thing will come into play. Like, will he be like, hey, I'm so proud that I'm the first Canadian. T- Todd Herzog had a Canadian passport. He was a dual citizen. So, but, you know, when we're talking about natural, uh, an actual Canadian born there. So, um, I, you do wonder if that will come into play, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too hopeful for Tom. I mean, he's a bit of a connection though to to New York City, though Billy. For for him, is that he he played most of his career with the Rangers, and uh, in a book called "100 Ranger Greats," he was listed at number 87 as the greatest New York Ranger ever to play. So, um, played a total of 705 games in the NHL, scored uh, 25 goals, 139 assists for a total of 164 points. So um, quite esteemed career there. And I do also like that uh, Jeff Propes in his uh, ex- explanation of him is like, oh, if you're a hockey fan, you will know who this guy is. I'm not a hockey fan. Um, but like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I agree with you, though. It would be great if we kind of get some of these physical challenges and he gets, you know, a bit of cross-checking going on there, a couple of uh, flying elbows um, into the boards. So, you know... Just- yeah, that would be great. I, I'm just a little worried that he might be a little too bossy early on. Yep. Because that seems to be the trap that all the older guys fall into. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I'm the old guy. All right, now you listen to what I have to say. But he's Canadian, <laughs> though. He's nice. Like, does he do it in a nice way and apologize every five seconds? Like, oh, sorry. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, or or maybe he'll be the one to complain about the heat the most. Yeah, like hey, we, we don't have palm trees in Canada. What is this crap? <laughs> so, like, I, I do like remember when they sort of adapted like a few things. Like, uh, was it in Kagayam with Cliff? They kind of had a basketball challenge and things like that. Like, we're gonna have a hockey style challenge here. Do you think? Like, you know, get some get some palm fronds, turn them into sticks, have some uh, you know shots of goals. <laughs> You know, I what I really hope what I really hope happens is that we get uh, one of those cla- old, really old school Survivor challenges where uh, um, you you basically get handed like some some something that looks like a rugby ball. Yes, and you have to try to get to the other side. One of those yep. old school ones where he could just lay somebody out with like a <laughs> yeah with like a good a good forearm shot. Yeah, no, like I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be happy. We get that one challenge. I'm good. That would be great. I would, I would, yeah, I would be down yeah. for that. Uh, our last member of uh, Lero here is Vince uh, Moa. Moa, sorry again, Vince, if I'm mispronouncing your surname. 27 from Merced, Merced, California. You can correct me on that one. Currently is in Palo Alto, California. He's an admissions counselor. He loves singing, photography, thrifting, and hunting for cool, unique cafes. That's a unique one. Um, pet peeves. When people are flaky and do not follow through with their promises. Well, good luck on this game. When people don't understand that the middle seat passenger has rights to both armrests. When people <laughs> tell me, wow, your English is really good, and follow with, where did you learn English? And when people dismiss oh. or invalidate my lived experience as a person of colour. Uh, his three words to describe him are shamelessly me, that's hyphenated, quick-witted, hyphenated, and not afraid to flip tables, all hyphenated. And he is most <laughs> like, um, well, he's, he's given a Billy Garcia answer. Vince is Vince. Survivor ain't never had anyone like me. Well, we did have a Vince, and he was very unique, so, you know. Uh, but if he had to choose... He'd say, and this is why I appreciate Vince here, because he's pulled out Xi'an Huang. There's a name for that. I yes. love this. A mix of Xi'an Huang, because she didn't let nobody mess with her. The She-Devil. Sari Fields, because she's humble, analytical, strategic, and inspirational. And Natalie Anderson, because she was loyal, innovative, and an overall boss. Again, I, I love the Xi'an Huang reference. Like, that makes me like this guy. <laughs> I, I like Vince. He's getting a bit of... um publicity i think he's kind of one of the more prominent ones in sort of the the press that we've had here but uh yeah he could be he could be an interesting i feel like he could be a bit of a fan favorite too i think vince will be yeah yeah i uh well well, first of all it sounds like he's another guy that's very opinionated it's going to be very outspoken uh in a tribe that looks like we're going to have a few of those people Mm -hmm. Uh, this this could be fireworks early on which is great i like it but I also hope to, to get together, get all the big mouths together. A big mouth alliance would be awesome. <laughs> um, uh, he says uh, one of his hobbies, thrifting and hunting for cool, unique uh, calves, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he's going to be our idol finder. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, uh, yeah, maybe that's our guy. If he gets the idol, um, you know, we can, we can have a character go deep. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for all the characters because uh, that'll make the season. So yeah, this this he he fits into this tribe. If he was just opinionated in a, in a vanilla tribe, he'd be a he'd be a a dead duck. He'd be a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this tribe, he fits in. So I'm having good vibes. I don't I don't think he'll win being this opinionated, but he can go far. 
Yeah, no, completely agree with you. And I'm not going to read out his entire um, bit here where it's got uh, your inspiration in life, but a great story here talking about um, his uh, father, his father's journey in Laos and kind of uh, back, um, I believe, sort of uh, during wartime. So, yeah, some some great inspiration there that he's got. Um, and I also like the, the photo question. In 2015, after years of experience, erratic and frightening out-of-body panic attack-like episodes, my grandmother's shaman master declared that I was and am the next shaman to rise in our family. So, that's an interesting little tidbit there so um yeah so then now so then now we have to see a shaman ritual that's yes. it he put it, he put it out there <laughs> somebody give this guy a chicken a candle and a knife <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're not satisfied we're going to come back at the end of this season if we don't see those things then uh, this is a failure of a season <laughs> um so the next tribe uh purple now is it vakai vakai um yeah, we're, we're doing so well with the pronunciation. Nothing's changed over the years, clearly. Uh, Dan Spillo, or Spilo, one of them, 48, from New York City, currently lives in Los Angeles. He's a talent manager. He likes adventure travels, movies, and fitness. His pet peeves include trouble dealing with stubborn people, but I respect EQ as much as IQ, ignorance, and closed-mindedness. Okay, uh, three words to describe you are hardworking, articulate, and charming. And um, Survivor <laughs> contestant said he's most like. Now, uh, got to say, Dan's a bit of a propes lover here because he just drops last names. Uh, he's like Crowley and Quan because of background, Westman and Boston Rob for social gameplay, and Cochran because he's freaking cool and weird. So, <laughs> I've never so had anyone heard of Bob as Crowley and then Yule as Quan. Crowley and Quan. Okay. Well, if, if if he likes Cochran because he's freaking cool and weird, is he telling us he's weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. That's who he's like. Yeah. Good start, Dan. He's weird. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I want to root for him, but uh, I'm not getting good vibes here as far mm. as, you know, he's a talent manager, which means he's used to dealing with people with big egos. But he's also used to pretty much uh, being being the, the guy who calls the shots. Because if you're not an agent, I mean, if you're an agent and you don't call the shots, then you're not really an agent or a manager. Then you're you're, you're entourage. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, he's he's a talent manager. So he's used to calling the shots. I yeah, older guy calling the shots early in the game has ne- I've never seen it work. Have you? No. <laughs> nope, sadly not. He's got a little. He's got, I think he's also the legacy of the Dan name is a bit of a, a strong one. Like I feel we need to point this out. You know, Daniel Lou, Dan Lou. Uh, you know, Dan Knee Boatwright. Um, you know, Dan Barry, Daniel Di Lorenzo, uh, Dan Foley, Dan K. Uh, you know, like you got to think of the the iconic Dans that we've had in Survivor. Dan Dana Lambert, kind of the Dans in there. So. Um, I don't know if he's going to live up to the, the esteemed Dan legacy, Billy, but, um, you know, I, <laughs> I just putting the pressure on him there. I think that's what he needs to, to come out there and prove that this, this is one of the great names in survivor history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Right? <laughs> no, none at all. So it's like if we ever have another Billy in survivor, like they're not going to be able to we compete. Had a, we had a bill mm. and, uh, if you remember, the tribe did, did chose to forfeit immunity 
<laughs> so I was like, not again. I was going to say, the, the, the legacy of the Bill and Billy name is not too good. You're either throwing a challenge or basically giving up immunity because somebody doesn't like you in the tribe. So, geez, at least, at least Ben's one survivor. At least I can say that. Um, before that, I had, what, Benry. And Ben Browning, like, uh, I mean, it wasn't the great coach, I guess, is technically a Ben, so. Um, yeah, yeah, Benry. Uh, that's like Ben and Henry put together. That means he's in a bromance with himself. Yeah. I, I never understood that. <laughs> yeah. On a side note, I did go see Bill in his uh, live stand-up comedy when he came to New York. So, uh, yeah, that, that was actually, he's really a very talented comedian. Um it's just uh, too bad we didn't get to see it because he didn't last so you know and long enough for us to see any of his comedy on Survivor. But uh, mm. he's actually very, very, very good. So I recommend anybody to go see his show, The Day I Became Black. And I, I <laughs> recommend everybody goes and watches One World again because I will still stand by the point that I think that's uh, easily one of the most, if not the most underrated season out there in terms of at least characters for, for anything. That season has some great characters in it. Um, Agree. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's Dan. Thanks, Dan. Uh, next one we have is uh, Jack Nickting. Uh, he's 23. He's from Newport News, Virginia. Currently lives in Harrisonburg, Virginia. He's a graduate student. His hobbies include CrossFit. Whose hobbies are CrossFit? Come on. Listening to and singing <laughs> musicals. All you can eat sushi and exploring the world. Uh, his pet peeves include being wasteful, rudeness, people running in place at crossworks, and loud eating. Uh, three words that describe him, a determined dreamer and social, and uh, he's most like Devin Pinto. Oh, God, here we go. There's another random one. Devin just absolutely loves life and constantly radiates good vibes. He's always smiling and so am I. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm being a bit harsh on these players, saying that they always drop cliche names all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate a Devon name drop. There's someone we need more of. Um, yeah, Jack. Jack seems like an interesting one. He, he seems like he could be a unique and fun person, I think. The, the hair alone sells him as a fun-looking dude. Well, I kind of thought that, you know, he, he's, he's actually filling a quota with the long hair. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a recent Survivor casting quota. Do we have a long-haired guy in this season? Ah, damn it. Yep. <laughs> you guys. Put it in All the right, man wait, bundle. Wait, wait, make the... him even more sexy. Come on. <laughs> we, got this, we got this Jack guy. All right, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh. Winning the national championship in soccer. So, all right, so this guy could run for days. Yep. That's what soccer players do. They run for days, just back and forth, back and forth, seemingly never get tired. And if you kick him in his shin, your, your, your leg will break. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll act like you've, like, you know, taken three organs out of him. He'll be that much in pain before getting up with the magic spray. So, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the singing musicals is one of his hobbies. Like, I... See, I already think like he got so many unique things to him that he's gonna be like one of the quirky, quirky guys on his tribe. Um, but he's young, so I think he can get away with it. Like if you were, if you were this quirky and you were like fifty, you'd be the first one out, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. They'd probably throw a challenge and take you out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's twenty three, so I think they'll love him for it. They'll love him for his quirkiness. So yeah, I think he's he's looking good. Uh, I think this one might go go ways. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Completely yeah, agree. Uh, I don't see him but, going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I also like uh, Jeff explains that he, he was brought out uh, one of the last couple of seasons as an alternate. He said, uh, Pro said they do bring out alternates every now and then. So he, he spent a bit of time around Ponderosa and kind of that environment. So um, he's been close to being on the show before. So clearly somebody who's uh, passionate to go there. He's the youngest player on Island of the Idols as well. So it's interesting. The youngest being 24. That's um, We usually have been having these sort of 20, 21-year-olds recently, haven't we? So still yet to, Billy, yeah. have a uh, player born after the premiere of Borneo. We're still yet to have somebody born in the 2000s. So there's a little fact. Oh, oh it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And we've had them as young as 18 mm. in, in recent times. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Survivor is trying to produce a young winner, like a super young winner, a teenage winner. But uh, this season, uh, we got him in the 20s as the youngest. And uh, we've got so many older players, I think it had to be that way. Mm, I think if you, if you put a teenager on this season, a teenager on this season is, is the walking dead. So <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> well, it's also like, I mean, all winners next season is... Um... Gosh, who's our youngest winner on that? It would be Nick, wouldn't not Adam. Nick, um, uh, Chris. Sorry, would it be Chris? Adam? Would it be Adam? Adam? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Adam. Fine. Yeah, like, I think I think that's the highest average age we've ever had. His next season because you know people like Amber in their forties. You don't picture Amber being in her forties, but she is, and you know things like that. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Jamal Shipman, he's uh, 33 from Jersey City, another Jersey boy, um, and living in Providence, Rhode Island. So, all right, here we go. College, she's <laughs> Oh, checked off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, college administrator, he loves coaching basketball, taking West African and salsa dance lessons. Wow, that's a... That's wow. a great combination. I love that. Teaching myself the bass guitar and losing in fantasy football leaves, league. Sorry. Uh, pet peeves is I hate bugs that insist on leaving oh. behind itchy, painful bumps. I don't mind sharing oh. my blood with you, but why the discomfort? Why the ache? It's pretty rude if you ask me. <laughs> um, three words to describe you are balanced, inquisitive, and present. And he relates most to Jeremy, uh, thinks he played Again. the game the second time, similarly to how I want to play. Wendell, Officer Sarah, not just Sarah, Officer Sarah, and Christian are all players I relate to as well. Uh, I like Jamal. He seems fun. Um, I don't I don't know how far he will go, but um, yeah, I just, I just like him. I, I really like Jamal. I'm worried that uh, once he mentioned the bugs... That the outdoors might kick his ass. Yeah, I'm worried that that uh, he's gonna get out there and his his uh, metabolism is gonna take a belly flop, and he's, we're not gonna see the real Jamal. But if his team goes on a winning streak, hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, at some point we'll get to see him because he, he sounds lively. He sounds yeah. like uh, somebody that uh, like if you take West African dance. You have to be a lively person. You have to be a big character. <laughs> and not not just it. African dance. It's West African. You've got to be specific about that, Billy. That's that's why yes, it was, you yes. know. It's like, you know, what type of African? No, no, no. West African dance. Yeah, with a little bit of sauce on the side. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what, I tell you what. If Jamal wins this season, I will go and take a West African and salsa dancing class just to see how awesome it is to get me to win Survive. That that will be on my bucket list. No pressure, Jamal, but I'm just saying I will go and do that. So yeah, I, I think uh, 
I, I, you know what? I would pay to see that. But uh... <laughs> Dan, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you. I'll be the first to tell you when it is. I'll film it for you. All right. <laughs> but uh, I think he just needs to survive the 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 first two, three eliminations. Uh, if he, if not, uh, if if he, if his tribe loses once, I think he might be our first boot or the second boot. Hmm. I hate saying because I like him. Yeah, no, I, I I would tend to agree with you there. I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, he he does say here that why he thinks he'll survive Survivor, he's been intensely studying the game. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Often doesn't mean you're going to do well at it, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, Janet yeah. Carbon is fifty nine. She's from Neptune, New Jersey. Uh, and her current resident is seriously half this cast is bloody from Jersey or Rhode Island, um, Palm yeah. Bay, Florida. She's living in. She's chief lifeguard. She enjoys body surfing, softball, and rowing lifeguard boats. Her pet peeves are laziness and being wasteful. She would describe herself as aggressive, enthusiastic, and vivacious. And <laughs> survivor contestant you're most like Stephanie because she's athletic. Cool. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot to go here on Janet. Uh, I, I would say that if, um, you know, Vakai loses the first tribe, it's probably going to be between her and Jamal possibly as the first to go. Just, um, just not, not a lot to go on here on, on Janet. I just don't know what else really to add to her here. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, we're hitting a couple of players here that just like you said, that they're in danger of going early just cause first of all, her age and that she's female. The combination of age and, and being female is is always it's always a strike against you right off the bat because they do judge books by their cover. So that right away uh, really really hurts her, uh, her her chances. But she's a lifeguard. If by some miracle we get some some challenge where she gets to show off her swimming, that could completely change her game. So she's kind of in in a similar situation as the Olympian here, and that the the challenge, the right challenge, could save her mm-hmm. if she gets to show off her skill. Um, if if not, I mean, but then again, she also does rowing lifeguard boats. So even if she doesn't get to go in the water, if she just gets to row and show what she could do. I, I you know I, I'm hoping that we get to we get to see see her play her her uh, uh, show her skill. Because it, it always sucks when people just look at you and then that's it. You're done. Mm. You didn't even get a chance. Mm-hmm. That always sucks. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, one thing we don't know from seeing a photo is I come off tough and stern. Not true. Uh, I mean, she like it's just very short answers, and I'm assuming it could just be you know interview type. Like you don't you know maybe this is, when you do these, do they actually ask them to you or do they send you an email and you you type it out? Uh. I don't know. If you, uh, depends on the error. They might just give you a form and then you write it out and they'll type it out for you. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, since we're so digital now, it probably does come via email or, or text or something. Yeah. Um, it seems it yeah. seems very much like she's replied to this on an email because I mean, like I know in my you know day job when I sort of have to do an interview over email every now and then, like generally you will get answers like this from some people. It's kind of they just get short and sharp to the point and think they're doing you a favor. But when I'm writing a newspaper article, you know, answers like this do not help me. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it feels very like she's written this back on an email. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, and being 59, 
they tend to the, the older people tend to not be very chatty when when writing anyways when writing True. digitally emails and texts so yeah I, I think that has something to do with it too um Mm. I, I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see her in the water, because yeah. to me that I get the impression that's her chance. If we don't see her in the water. Yeah. She, she doesn't get a chance. Because that's that's the whole judging a book by its cover. Like straight away you would look at her and go, oh, she's going to suck in the water, but she's going to get out there and blitz the field. I think Prope says of her in a bio that you know she thinks she's going to be the strongest swimmer out there, not realizing there's an Olympic swimmer on the other tribe. <laughs> so, um, I mean that that would be great. I'd love to see like you know both of them go head to head in a challenge and kind of because oh. I, I know. Propes has been very adamant in the promos talking up, you know, we've got a lot of strong women on this season. So, um, you know, maybe that could be something that we could see uh, that they're kind of emphasizing that strong women element of it. So who knows? You know what else might help her? If there's a looting of the ship early on, because you do jump overboard. Mm-hmm. So you jump overboard, she gets to swim, she gets to gather whatever got thrown overboard and put it on their raft. That's something else that could help her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if there's if there's that, then I I would, and and if that were my skill, I would be in the water right away. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, throw it down, put myself in the water, throw it down, I'll, I'll swim to it and get it. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jason Linden is next. He's 32 from New York City. Currently lives in New York City. His uh, occupation is a personal injury lawyer. Um, they're the worst, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jason. Um, <laughs> Hobbies include sport, music, and learning new things. He does not like bullies, slow walkers, and when someone coughs or sneezes without covering their mouth. Three words that describe him are charismatic, determined, and direct. He uh, thinks he is a mix of Stephen Fishback, Adam Klein, Cochran 2.0, Rob Sestanino, and weirdly a little Tony Vlacos. Buckle up, baby. It's going to be a wild ride, is what he says. Um, I have to appreciate uh, Jason for his uh, good... Good throng of chest hair. I do like, I uh, appreciate uh, the, you know, in this day and age, the man's not afraid to show a bit of chest hair. So uh, that's that's why I'm giving my weird appreciation. I don't know how that sounds. Anyway, <laughs> um, an interesting one. He, he, to me, kind of, I don't know. He's, again, a hard, hard one to read. I think that um, he could go far based on sort of that, experience that he thinks he's going to bring in terms of those players but then again these type of players maybe fit into that mold where they think they're going to be like a fishback and a rob and think you know because they talk about it all the time they're going to be smart they're going to do well but then they just kind of don't quite live up to that so yeah another one of these players that i just find a bit hard to read yeah i'm I'm looking i'm looking here at jason and uh um is it just me, or did we just hit another quota where we got a personal injury lawyer on each tribe? Like, <laughs> does this tribe have a personal injury lawyer? Uh, yes. What about this other one? Um, no. Damn it! You need to get another personal injury lawyer, otherwise the tribes will be uneven. <laughs> They're covering their butts just in case uh, somebody gets injured out there, like, you know? <laughs> right. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he looks like, um... He's going to be a talker. Uh, like He might be the villain of the season. He looks like he's going to be a talker and a wheeler and dealer. Um, but this tribe, so far from what we've talked about in this tribe so far, they're not exactly looking like the most physically no, intimidating yeah. tribe of all time. <laughs> yep. No, I, I've got a feeling Lero uh, kind of uh, winning the... Uh, 
the opinions here right now of, um, you know, there's a few different levels. Let me get those orange yeah, buffs but out. But at, at the same time, uh, Oolong, you know, the, <laughs> they, they were... True. They were... Yeah, they weren't exactly, like, the most uh, physically intimidating tribe either. Um, but this is a different era, so I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that this tribe might start... Uh, or or might be on a losing streak, and then we might get a shuffle because mm, they'll yeah. lose so much. And like again, also, I mean, we kind of gelled over the twist with the other. Uh, look, to me, again, it's I'm thinking like, how does that play into the game with these advantages and that? But yeah, do you, do you think just quickly, is Island of the Island going to last all 39 days, or do you think it's kind of going to be a gimmick that you know Rob and Sandra need to go and sleep a couple of nights in a luxury resort for about five nights in a <laughs> row, so they're going to just bring him back sporadically? I think uh, at the merge they'll be gone because mm. okay. once once you hit the merge, then then what's the purpose really? Unless unless you have to play them for an advantage, True. like we have a hidden we have the hidden immunity idol. You have to play us if you beat us, you get the idol. If you don't, you come away with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. Uh, Kelly Kim, she is twenty nine. She is from Costa Mesa in California. Currently living in Philadelphia, she's an MBA student. Her hobbies include Settlers of Catan, Cities and Night, uh, skiing and soccer, all three activities which are very much related. Uh, her pet peeves include people who wake me up while I'm sleeping or try to talk to me while I'm falling asleep. Uh, she's f- uh, fun, energetic and driven, according to herself. She is most like Kelly Wentworth. She's athletic and gets along with people and we almost have the same name. Almost. I like that. Again, a legacy to live up to here of iconic Kellys in the game of Survivor. So, you know, there's... And I'm not just thinking of the Wigglesworths and the Wentworths, you know, Sarnecki out there, you know, Bruno. Like, come on, we've got these iconic Kellys out there to think about. So, um, yeah, Kelly Kim, another one. Tricky to read. Uh, Not too sure fully what to think about her. Uh, I maybe just think, based on some of the things that she says, I'm not confident that she will go too far but um i would like to be proven wrong yeah i'm i'm glad to see that we have an asian because there's there's been you know seasons where they get no representation at all um so i'm, I'm glad to see we have an asian on this team especially uh, on this on this uh season especially uh, a season that's proving to be very diverse um having said that um harvard varsity Soccer team. Wow. That, um, she's brainy and athletic. At least I think they're athletic. They might all be brains and really can't play for crap, but I think. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, well, what are the jocks like at Harvard? Like, I can't imagine that's like, you know, what I would picture a stereotypical divide between the jocks and the geeks. Because if you're at Harvard, aren't you automatically a geek? So, how does that work on the athletic side of things? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I like that. I, well, the, I, was, I was just about to say she's brainy, but I just realized something. Ivy Leaguers tend to be a bit on the egotistical side from being an Ivy Leaguer. So I hope she doesn't fall into that cliche. I hope not. I hope she doesn't go out there and start breaking. Well, I'm a Harvard student, and I was a valedictorian or whatever the hell she was at Harvard, Sam Laude or whatever. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just hope. <laughs> I yeah. just hope we don't get non-stop bragging about how great she is because she goes to Harvard. Um, yeah. She's on a bad team. She's on a bad team. She, she is. Needs help. 
I just, she's, she's on, even she might be the good player, the good physical player on a bad team. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, even the answers, like, why do you think you'll survive Survivor? My pain tolerance is high, and I love to make difficult things fun. With a pinch of luck and a good meat shield, I'll win. But then I also love this, um, milk, yeah. The, the one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you. I hate mayo. If I had to eat a tub to get to the final three, I'm not sure I could do it. And I don't like whipped cream, vanilla frosting, or sour cream. Um, <laughs> they're all awesome foods. Like, what's wrong with mayo? Mayo's like the best. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that as a challenge. Like, the next challenge will be eat a tub of mayonnaise in the next three minutes. Go. Uh, no, I bet you I know what's going to happen yeah. if you wrote this. They're going to have the eating challenge. They're going to have, like, the squid eyeball and then the rotten chicken egg. And she's going to get, like, a spoon of mayo and she won't be able to eat it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like Kimmy Kambeck. I can't do it. It's mayo. I can't do it. No. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh-huh. Can I get the worms instead? <laughs> yeah. I'll eat all the worms. Oh, give me Baloo. Give me Baloo. I'll eat Baloo. I'll do it. Get in the mouth. Farfaru. I want Farfaru. That's all I want. Um, yeah, um, Kelly. I like. I like. I also like the fact too that we've got a a new Kelly that's spelt differently. Like uh, all the different ways you can spell Kelly. So, um, yeah, we'll see how <laughs> just weird little observations I make. Lauren Beck. Uh, she is twenty eight from Baker's, Bakersfield in California and Rochester Hills in Michigan. She's from two places. She currently lives in Glendale in California. She's a nanny. Her hobbies include eating an entire bag of hot Cheetos in one sitting while binge-watching true crime shows, laughing at my own jokes. I do that all the time. Uh, writing, <laughs> blogging, music festivals, talking people's ears off. My stepdad says I had the gift of the gab. Thanks, Dad. Um, pet peeves. People that take a French fry while asking, can I have a fry, before I even get the <laughs> chance to say yes. Saying literally before every sentence, guilty. Being late, if you're on time, you're still late. Talking in third person and clapping when a plane lands. Yes, I hate that. That is dumb. That's an American thing. That does not happen on this side of the world. That is a very American thing. Um, Three words to describe you are bubbly, adaptable, and diligent. And which survivor... Oh, I love this woman. She thinks she's most like Troy's ad because we're both hot. Oh, that wins the game right now. Uh, Sari, because she's the best social player to date, duh. And I also like to think of myself as a gangster in an Oprah suit. And last but certainly not least, Sandra. There we go. Because I have no problem being cutthroat to make power plays to enhance my individual game. The queen stays queen. I fucking love Lauren. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Since we're talking about clapping when the plane lands, this woman's hometown is like thousands of miles apart. So if she was born somewhere between Bakersfield, California and, and Rochester Hills, Michigan, I would clap when that plane lands. <laughs> what is between those two plays? I feel like I need to do some research here. Let's you, you keep talking. I'm going to find out what is specifically halfway between the two towns. <laughs> Probably the majority of the United States. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, she comes off as somebody who's very, very entertaining. So she she might be our our Debbie Warner of the season where she steals the show. She's you know, we have Debbie Warner and then we have the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. So I think she she might be she might be that person in, in this season, Lauren Beck. 
And I say that in a good way. Um, I I agree. Yeah, thirty-four hour drive the- between Bakersfield and Rochester Hills. Just to let you know, sorry, Billy. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she her occupation is a nanny, so she's used to dealing with children. <laughs> yes. I could just imagine her on that island where she's putting people in timeout and <laughs> go in the corner. You know, no dessert no. for you. <laughs> Come on, Jamal, listen to me. Go to bed. Oh wow! So yeah, she's great. I, I like her a lot. She's at the right age of twenty-eight. She looks fit. She's on a bad team, but someone like her could survive a bad team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think um, I agree. I I think that she will definitely bring entertainment factor, and I think that she can because like we've got a lot of these. You know, we were talking before with Kelly with meat shields, but um. I feel as though we've just got a lot more players that will get that chop early before she does. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think kind of she... I, I completely throat. agree. Yeah. Yeah, she, she admits she's cutthroat. When she says uh, that uh, she she has no problem being cutthroat to make power plays. So, yeah, when you're that cutthroat, you'll you'll throw people under the bus. You'll put them on a chopping block. You'll you'll, you'll survive. You'll survive going you know, being on a bad tribe and see tribal council a lot. Plus, in modern Survivor, those tribes don't stay together for long. True, they, they get they get mixed up. Very so, true. Uh, yeah, so I see her doing well. I, I, I like her. I, I don't I don't know about winning, uh, but she's definitely going to be maybe maybe the all star from this from this season. Just again, judging on paper. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Two thousand three hundred nine miles. The two towns are apart, and if you're halfway, you're probably going to be in Nebraska. So uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's where you're going to be oh, if you're wait, between wait. Bakersfield and Rochester Hills in Michigan. <laughs> you forgot that. I don't know if you forgot to mention this or not, but that uh, what we wouldn't know if um, by seeing her photo is that uh, she <laughs> does the best Britney Spears impersonation <laughs> you've ever heard. Ah, oh, there uh, we go. That's if the we, price of admission right there. <laughs> if we get her on the show, if we do exit interviews, that's the one thing I care about the most. I'm going to be like, right, come on now, Lauren. You said you do the best Britney Spears. I want to hear it. Give me some baby one more time. Yes. I want some toxic. Like, come on. Right now, you know, <laughs> I want to hear this, mm, yeah, baby, baby, sort of, you know, come on. Um, there we go. Remember that, folks. Remember that here right now. Uh, Molly Byman, she's 27. She's from Boston. She's living in Durham, North Carolina. She's a law student. Her hobbies include running, skiing, biking, hiking, reading, board games, traveling, and bailing out of delicious meals, bowling out of delicious meals. She's got a lot of things she likes. Her pet peeves include being unwantedly touched. I would assume that's probably Uh-oh. a... A lot of most people's pet peeves. I don't know if anybody would like that. Heavy breathing, slow Uh-oh. walkers and slow talkers, people who are unprepared what? at airport security, rule breakers, and the assumption that men and women can't be platonic friends. Okay. She is uh, described herself as competitive, resilient, and vibrant. She is most like poverty. Um <laughs> Cliche, cliche. Who, she says, who is the most obvious selection that everyone strives to be because she was charming as she was being manipulative. She allowed herself to be grouped into a dumb girl alliance but controlled the social situation throughout. Was it really a dumb girl alliance? I don't know if it was that. Dumb. Yeah, they were, they were, what were they, the uh, witches? What was it? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, no, I've gone blank too, but they were never dumb. They were very. Yeah, Sari was in it. Yeah. Natalie Bolton was in it. Yeah, no, wait a minute. Don't. Who are we calling dumb in this group? Jesus. <laughs> um, 
She also relates to Wendell. Like Wendell, I'm able to remain emotionally neutral and find humor in stressful, irritating situations. I will say, though, her motivation for being on Survivor is when she watched Elizabeth Falaski jump off that cliff in the outback. Now, okay, that was pretty iconic, but what about Roger jumping off the cliff? I think Elizabeth just did it. Like, Roger was the one shitting his dacks up there, Molly. Um, but I, I, I appreciate the Elizabeth reference because I always appreciate a good Elizabeth reference. Uh, yeah, Mo- Molly's an interesting one. Another, So many interesting people on this season. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about her. Again, another hard one to read. What What are we thinking of Molly? Um, Molly, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned with her. Um, she's not on a tribe where she could use her her, her good looks to flirt. She just isn't that tribe. Um, she's on a weak tribe, which means even if she's not the first three to go. If they don't scramble the tribe soon enough, she might find herself out on the outs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little concerned for her. But having said that, um, just listening to the way she words things, um, she's, she sounds like she's somebody that's gonna 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 be a character. And we normally don't get young, good-looking women be characters on Survivor. They're usually, either one or the other. We we might get a double threat here with with Molly. Uh, but having said that, I question her her idea of what Survivor is, considering what she called Poverty's Alliance a dumb girl alliance. Like, oh my god! Like any any alliance with Sari in it is automatically one of the smartest, best alliances of all time. Yeah, <laughs> just just with Sari in it, and then Natalie Bolton is probably one of the players that deserves to come back the most that hasn't come back yet. Agree. Yep. No, that's uh, it's a very interesting one. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think I, I agree with everything you're saying there. It's it's going to be interesting, and she's she's actually the youngest female on uh, Vakai, and she's 27. So like that's that's crazy. Yeah. Goes to think of sort of the age spread of this season, sort of being a bit of an older season. Which I will say, I, I do kind of appreciate like an older season every now and then, so we don't just necessarily always have you know 20 and 18 year olds that you know don't have that. Added, added. I don't say life experience, but like you know what I mean. Like it's kind of it can be different when they can, they've really spiced it up. I think with the the diversity of this cast, I think so that works well. So there's Molly. Um, now is it uh, Noira, Naura, Salmon, Sal, Salmon? Uh, she is thirty six. Uh, she is from London and is it Bethesda, Bethesda, uh, Maryland. She currently lives in North Potomac in Maryland. She's an entrepreneur. Good for her. Um, she enjoys working out, creating healthy foods and beverages in the kitchen, traveling and social media posting on self-help, food, and fitness. So she's one of these annoying people on social media that you don't want to follow because it's always like, hey, look at me. I'm eating an avocado. I'm so healthy. Um, <laughs> three words to describe you. She's ambitious, passionate, and energetic. She is most like Malcolm. Physically what? strong and great at puzzles and problem solving and genuinely liked by most people and easy on the eyes but underestimated with a low threat factor, like Fabio and Judd. Now, she knows that Fabio, Fabio. is Judd, right? Or is she talking about Judd from Nicar- uh, from Guatemala? Like, she she knows... Oh, good Lord. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 I just... like Because, yeah, Judd from Guatemala was not underestimated with a low threat. I would agree that's Fabio, but Fabio and Judd are the same person. Like, does she know this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Uh, Oh man, I, 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 
I don't want to give such a negative review of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Billy. Really. Give a negative it's review of her. Go on. But, You're on the Oz uh, Network now. <laughs> yeah, she 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 might be she might be one of our players that uh, we hear the Dodo music for quite a bit <laughs> during the season. <laughs> We're, every so often we get one, and she might be uh, the one for this season. Where, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad I never got that. That music, but the, yeah. Uh, she, I, uh, I, I, feel, I feel bad on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm excited to be entertained. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, and then she, she sounds like she's a very picky eater and picky you know picky person yep so being on survivor and and having this personality uh, it's just it's just made to be a disaster it's like they cast her to be a crash and burn mm -hmm. to, to be the comic relief to be the, to be the uh the uh the butt of the jokes behind her back doing all the confessionals uh, it, it just sounds like that's that's like the role she's been cast for um i hope i'm wrong but then again, I'm sorry, not sorry. So maybe I don't hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I like that viewpoint. She she looks a little bit like um, looks a little bit like an older Sarah Lucina. I don't know if I'm just maybe it's the eyes, the way she's. I, I don't know. Just kind of seeing that a little bit there. Uh, what we wouldn't know about looking at a photo. I love frogs. I don't drink. And I've never done a drug or smoked a cigarette in my life. I, lo I love that comparison there. So like, you may as well say like, oh, I've never done drugs. I've never smoked. I also like frogs. Like <laughs> the two work well in each other, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, it just shows you that she's a little bit scatterbrained. Yeah, like she, she, she'll have this serious thought. I don't do drugs or, or alcohol, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a random thought will just jet through. <laughs> and I like frogs. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean on, honestly, I can't say I've ever looked at a photo of a person and gone. Yeah, they like frogs. Like, I just, I just don't know if that's something that people do. Uh, from now on, there's my new goal in life. Not only is it to do West African and salsa dancing lessons if, um, you know, Jamal wins. It's also, uh, I'm going to try and look at photos of people and try and analyse if they like frogs or not. Just just, just mm. in case, you know. Right. Mm. It's a, that it's might be tough. Very tough one. <laughs> that, that, could be a new, that could be a new question on the Oz Network we ask everyone. Our final question for you today on the show, do you like frogs? <laughs> All right, well, Sandra and Rob, which one likes frogs the most? Uh, Sandra. Sandra likes frogs. San yeah. Sandra likes frogs the most. Yeah. See, I would have went with Rob. Huh? I don't think Sandra likes much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not me. So the frogs go away. She likes money. Yeah. She, well, she that's does. green, though. Money, in, in, American money is green. So maybe you are right. True. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. Our final contestant, uh, Tommy Sheehan. He's 26 from Bayville, New York. Lives in Long Beach, New York. He's a fourth grade teacher. He likes surfing, sports. And to clarify, he wants to add basketball, volleyball, and football. And asking questions to my magic eight ball. Hello, Rob Sestanino, uh -oh. 2.0. Uh, pet Pet <laughs> hate bullies who think they are better than everyone else and talk down to others. I also cannot stand grumpy and serious people. Lighten up. Life is amazing. Let me see that smile. Lol. God, I hope that they wrote these in an email because we actually said lol in an interview. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, three words to describe you. Outgoing, competitive, and goofy. He is most like... 
David Wright, a combination of David Wright's strategy, Davey's social game. Uh, that's uh, he's newer player, isn't he, Davey? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Davey. Yep. Okay. Good to see that I am yeah. knowledgeable in the last three seasons that I binge watch really quickly. Uh, and a pinch of Amanda <laughs> Kimmel's likability. Was she that likable though? I mean, she kind of made it to the end twice and didn't win. Uh, <laughs> she was. She was likable to Ozzy. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> These three Not players were fans of the game, played hard, and did everything they could with the hands they were dealt. Was Amanda a fan of the game? <laughs> she was a fan of Ozzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. Um, <laughs> you win that one. Um, I just quickly, I'll add here, what is the one thing you wouldn't see from being a photo? I have the biggest heart. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to tell that because I can't see your internal organs, Tommy, so I can't measure <laughs> each of your hearts. That and knowing whether you like frogs, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, Tommy. Tommy's a guy on Survivor. Again, I just don't know what to say to about Tommy. He To me, this is a guy that I'm not going to like. Just, um, <laughs> you know, that, that whole line of... I can't stand grumpy and serious people. Lighten up. Life is amazing. Let me see that smile. Lol. Like, he just kind of sounds like a bit of an overbearing <laughs> guy who's a bit of a cheerleader and just... I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to like this guy, but I want to be proven wrong. Tommy. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> well, I think he's going to be the alpha male of this tribe, considering the lack of alpha males that we have in his tribe. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, so I see him being that and being... Uh, that I expect them to do do some losing. I think he's going to stick around, just because he's the he's the body and on, on the, on the uh, tribe. He's the big body, the the muscular guy. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to just play that role of that you see most alpha males play on Survivor, where they talk about how we need to win and how we need to keep the tribe strong and and got to give it one hundred and ten percent. It's a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. And yeah, for him on this tribe, I think that'll get him to the, to the merge, assuming they don't get scrambled. If they get scrambled, the ball bets are off. But if they stay the same, I think for him, that's enough to get him to the merge. Will that win him the game? I don't think he'll have the numbers. But uh, yeah, I, I think I see him just lasting as their go-to athlete. Yep. Male athlete. Yep. No, I, I would agree with everything that you said there. Um, it's clear on paper and clear as day that Lara is the better tribe here and we're going to enjoy them a little bit more. But, um, you know, Lauren's on Vakai, so that that's a good thing as well. And also Jamal. So, uh, you know, a couple, couple there to like um, going forward with it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see that going. Winner's pick, Billy, right now. Put you on the spot. Uh, I know we kind of didn't really give finishing position. We sort of gave a touch here and there, but um, not the in-depth questions we used to ask on this show. I'm just going to clear and cut get you to give me a winner's pick right now hmm it's uh it's really really tough but i'm gonna go with our with with uh uh let me see if i can get her name up here real quick but she uh she's tried out uh many times chelsea Chelsea. yeah she tried out many times and i think that the universe was on her side and 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 and, uh have her miss out on seasons where she would have lost and instead, she got cast on the season she would win. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Actually, I was going to say Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like, I would obviously love Lauren to win. Uh, I would like to see Tom do well. 
Um, you know, you got some of the favourites going on here, but um, yeah, this is a tricky one to pick a winner. This this one is maybe one of these seasons where it's really hard, and I think that hopefully will lead us to a good competitive season. I would hope. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you with Chelsea. Kind of back to what I said earlier about her. I just feel like she's somebody who won't be a threat early, and I think she'll go far and kind of... We're also due for a woman, a woman to win. I don't think uh, we've had... A, we haven't had a stretch of one gender winning as many seasons in a row. Like, if a man wins his season, that's, what, five in a row from that point? Yeah. Um, and that's never happened before. We've never had one gender win that many in a row. So we're due for a female to win, and uh, to me... Uh, Chelsea will win it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if there's somebody else that I'm going to give like a maybe could win it. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I will so. say I will say that Lauren will be the all star coming out of the season. Yeah, Lauren or Vince. My, I think Vince Vince could also be that person as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to see uh, Lauren come back. Um, I think she's going to be a, a big factor, even though uh, she'll be in the minority come post-merge. Um, she'll be very cutthroat, which I like it. But uh, I think the numbers are just bear out because of what we're predicting with the way the tribes are going to gonna happen early. People, I know there's a lot of fans that like to think that, hey, what happened early doesn't really matter at the end of the game. Actually, it does. It determines a lot. It determines who has the numbers, who's in what alliance. Uh, There's just so much that happens. Um, It determines what you learned along the way that could help you win or could cause you to lose if you didn't learn enough. So, yeah, there's so much that happens early on, especially in Modern Survivor, where there's so many advantages early on. Mm -hmm. So I just see see Chelsea having all that that advantage and having the numbers and then Lauren having to be cutthroat to play from behind and just what happens when most of the time you play from behind at some point it's your number that gets called mm-hmm. completely agree absolutely agree and we're, we're looking forward to uh to covering this and billy it's always a pleasure to have you on we of course we'll have you on at some point uh maybe multiple times during the season who knows because we'll uh, be back to doing our weekly recaps and uh we'll be talking nice. about this so uh billy always a pleasure and i'll end this by saying hashtag Bring back Billy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, like, I can't I can't believe that we're back. It's back. Folks, tune in. And a big thank you to Billy, as always, for joining us. And a big thank you to you, the listener, for listening to this one. And, yes, we'll be back each week. That is a plan, at least. Uh, to recap every single week of Island of the Idols. Uh, very excited to be back for weekly episodes. I don't think we've actually done weekly recaps since Billy did our Ghost Island recaps a few seasons ago, and myself personally haven't been involved in weekly recaps since Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. So it's... um. It'll be fun. We obviously, the last couple of seasons, only sort of did uh, a first episode, a mid-season, and a post-season episode, so this will be a little bit different. And we are also hopeful, and it's nothing that I can confirm on the episode today. It's just uh, going to be something that we will confirm once we know yay or nay about uh, whether exit interviews might be a possibility. We are trying to get them back on the show, so stay tuned for that one. We will announce that as soon as we know what the dealio is with that. And we will also, of course, be striving to bring back former contestants back on each week 
week to recap the show with us. So if there is somebody that you would like to hear back on the show, again, we can't promise you that we can get them on the show. So uh, send us your suggestions, your thoughts, and uh, if you would like us to try and get them, then by all means send us a message and we will do what we can to fulfill your request. So I'm very excited. I am seriously very excited to get back into Survivor. I feel like I've taken enough time off the show to come back into it, caught up on everything, and I think kind of season 40 has really wet my appetite for this show again and really getting me getting me back into the feel of Survivor. So um, very much looking forward to bringing that back to you this season and covering another season of Survivor with you because I know a lot of you who have listened to us from the Survivor Oz days are still with us and we obviously do appreciate that you have stuck with us and are continuing to listen to our episodes that we do produce. So like us on Facebook. That would be great if you could show that love. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're out there as well. Uh, Theoznetwork.net is our website. All the website, uh, the episodes are there under one roof. And of course, Outside Survivor. We've got some great things happening with Third Watch, Lost, some other movies and everything else along those lines, as well as Australian Survivor as well. We're into the final week of Australian Survivor. So uh, make sure if you've been watching that, you follow our coverage there because we did a great recap last night with Katie Gold and Lance Brooks from the very first season of Australian Survivor 2. My name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to us here on the Oz Network. Remember to subscribe as well. I should always point that out. Go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe to the podcast while you're there. Leave us some feedback. We very much would appreciate to hear your thoughts. And that's been my thoughts and Billy's thoughts. I'm going to say goodbye now and I'm going to end this episode. Goodbye. End of episode. Hashtag bring back Billy. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.